0: This is a Mansplaining where two nobodies are talking about somebody. I'm Jay. And I'm Justin. Good morning. Welcome back to M Squared. Happy Saturday, 4 a.m. We're here this morning. We enjoyed
1: an egg sandwich, had coffee, some chai tea, and
0: we loaded one of our tobacco pipes with some really delicious, I think it was English or Cavendish. It was good. It was a very mellow.
1: That's right. We were to hang back, do a little discussion on the podcast life scripture sitting there and enjoying the morning Got a little carried away because Jeff we usually do you know, though we don't stop we don't stop two hours cabin. later we're like I think we need to record now well, hit the know, record button <laughs> we
0: do what we say we do on the podcast we get together we talk about life and each of us got things going on and we talk about that and hash that out and look into each other's lives that's what we tell people to do and that's we what we're doing yeah we don't just say it. we're doing that ourselves so here we are this morning today is the last session of our series In uh, looking back, uh, session six, and uh, it's been a good session. And if you've done all that we've said in the last five weeks, it comes to a a head here. And that's where the rubber hits the road here, brother.
1: That's it. I'm really looking forward to this last little session and it's on the heart. We're going to talk about our identity. There's an identity crisis out there. And the heart is the center of it all when it comes to men and our four pillars. Because if we're going to truly reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, and invest eternally, we didn't know who we are, what our identity is, and where our heart plays into this.
0: It's important, looking at the heart. The problem with the heart has been history's pandemic.
1: That's right. Not just COVID, guys, but history
0: from the beginning. The most contagious wound and infection ever.
1: If you wanted more details on that beginning part, Go back to episode two. I believe that's the one we talked about the beginning, where we came into the sin issue and men fell from the beginning.
0: So we're going to start off talking about the wound. We've been talking about this for the last six weeks and remind everybody, what is the definition of a wound?
1: A wound is any unresolved issue where a lack of closure adversely impacts and shapes the direction and dynamics of a man's life now. And what were a couple of the wounds we talked about, Jay?
0: We looked at the dad wound and the mom wound. We also looked at the all alone wound.
1: We did a look back of our history from our childhood, and we took a deep dive at how our parents shaped us. First from a dad standpoint, then a mom standpoint, and how no man can be an island. And so once we looked at a few of those wounds, really studying who we are where we came from and how we can change going forward
0: all men are affected by wounds to one degree or another i think you had said it's either a paper cut or a deep gash so that's why we wanted to look back and see what's going on and heal now we're going to take an individual look at yourself We are difference makers and we're hoping all that we're saying and doing in the last few weeks and people aren't just listening, but they're actually trying to implement some of this into their daily lives. We don't want people to just be able to pick themselves up and repair their lives and be able to live as authentic men. We want them to be able to turn around and help other people get up because you know what you're doing now and you know how to better your manhood and to fight the good fight that you would actually turn around and help other people get up too. difference maker you know how
1: to know yourself look at others help others see and know your own feelings your effects and every man has the heart wound every man has it from the beginning like we said way back in episode two every man has that heart wound because of adam and the fall in the garden there's an acronym that's called tulip and the t stands for total depravity
0: we're talking about theology now
1: total depravity (laughs) essentially in this heart wound says no matter what you and I do, we can't fix ourselves. We are broken because of the beginning. And there's only one way truly to fix this heart wound. And no matter what you do, you're never gonna fix it without Christ.
0: We have mom wounds, we have dad wounds, we have lonely wounds. All of those wounds are caused by the heart wound. It all originates from the human heart. Like you said, Genesis 3, if you go back and listen to that episode, You had Adam and Eve living in perfection in a perfect garden that God provided. Everything was very good. And sin entered in. Adam and Eve were deceived and disobeyed God. And from there, that sin infection of the heart, that heart wound, has passed on through every human being from that day, from that moment. Everything has fallen. The world has fallen. Nature has fallen. Not just the human heart, but all of nature in humanity, society, culture has just fallen in a sin-cursed world. We live in a sin-cursed world, and that's why there's wounds. That's why it's so hard. That's why there's so much evil and bad. Jay, we said an acronym to help describe this heart
1: wound. It's TULIP. So before we move on, you want to break down the full acronym.
0: This is going to take a little self-study. Cause it's too much to talk about in a half hour podcast, but we're going to talk about tulip for a second. So the T is total depravity. The U in tulip is unconditional election. The L in tulip is limited atonement. The I in tulip is irresistible, irresistible grace. grace. It's irresistible. It is. And the P is perseverance of the saints.
1: That's what the acronym means. We have no time to break that down. Go do the research. understand what that
0: is. That'd be uh, a good series we could do down the road. Just a layman's version of tulip the, coming, coming soon. soon.
1: So when we're talking about the heart wound, the T of total depravity, no matter how good we think we are, God says, who is good but my father in heaven?
0: He's perfect. And that's the standard.
1: I really enjoy Romans chapter seven, verse 15 and beyond. Anytime we suggest scripture, read a whole lot before and a whole lot after to get the full context. Context is king. Uh, Romans chapter 7 verse 15 and beyond it says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now if it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out Hmm. for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want and it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God and the inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind. Making me captive of the law of sin dwells in my members, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. That was a mouthful? That was a lot. <laughs> but I wanted to give a little context. I wanted to stop. Yeah. I was going to stop. It's you, too good to just
0: stop. You definitely heard the bad stuff in the beginning of that passage. Everything he didn't want to do, he did. Everything he wanted to do that was good, he didn't. That's
1: right. That sounds familiar, right? You desire to do all that is right in your life. You desire to care for your spouse or care for your coworkers or work hard or be the patient man or be the man who can be the listening ear and then when the time comes when patience is needed you flip the lid you, you blow just it. yeah you blow it and you don't you don't want to do it it's bad while you're doing it that's called sin and that's what paul describes there there's no good within us and the only solution is christ you need christ we can go back and look at our heart wounds and look at our past and that will help us but ultimately when it comes to the end if you truly want to change the inner being you need christ
0: we are slaves To a sin nature, when you say total depravity, it means we are sin-cursed. Our hearts are evil. So we're not talking about sometimes all men are good or all men are good and sometimes do bad things. We are always evil, always bad, all the time. I'm talking about good in a way that pleases God. Pride takes many forms. You can have a moment of good deeds. But even that is... Trying to gain favor here on earth. I'm going to give away a million dollars, then I'll be more moral. That's right. And that doesn't work with God. You, you can't work and do good things to gain a, a relationship with God. Let's give a definition of the heart wound. The heart wound is a man's total inability to do good before God, apart from a relationship with Christ. So the heart wound we're talking about, that total depravity, is man's total inability to do good before God, apart from a relationship with Jesus, he does the good for you as the substitute.
1: And there's a really good verse that goes along with this that people need to hear. anything we say, we want to make sure we back up with scripture. So Romans chapter three, verse 10, I think clarifies this heart wound very clearly. It says, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God all have turned aside. Together, they have become worthless. No one does good. Not
0: even one. That pretty much puts a period on the end of that. Total depravity. Boom. There it is. No one does good. No one seeks after. No one understands. And why? Because compared to God's standard, we fall miserably short. What is God's standard? What does God want? What does he declare? What does he command of us? He commands that we be absolutely 100% perfect, and then he'll accept you. Is that possible? No. No way. Somebody say,
1: man, that sounds unfair. You believe in a God that demands perfection, but no one can do perfection? That's right. an unfair God.
0: Yes, does seem unfair uh, until you hear the rest of the story.
1: When you're thinking of this, imagine you're making pottery and you're making a bowl. And when you get down with that bowl and that bowl looks like, hey, I wanted to be a plate. You're like, I'm the maker. I made the clay into the bowl. You're a bowl. You're not a plate. Well, that's God. He's the creator of all the universe. So when he declares it, he's the owner of it all.
0: So God commands absolute perfection, and we can't because we can't do any good. That doesn't seem fair, but God's demanding perfection of you because he, in order for you to come in his presence, he's perfect. He can't have sloppy sin in his presence he'll have to punish it because he's a just god so he commands that you be perfect in order to come to him and you can't so what do you do
1: now before you tell the solution i'm going to give another picture an image imagine you are speeding down a highway you're going 40 miles an hour over you broke the law the law says speed limits 65 and you're going 105 there's a penalty you have to pay the fine There might be consequences for this action. God set up the laws. We're the law breakers. So here it is. We're speeding down the highway. The police officer hands us a ticket. We then go in front of a judge. Judge goes, okay, there's a $10,000 fine. And then you're forgiven of the law that you broke. Pay the $10,000. The money has to be paid. So if you don't pay it, you go serve your time in jail. So either you pay the fine or you serve time in jail. Think of that imagery. Here it is. God says, I have a law. You broke my law. The penalty is either someone has to be perfect and cover this law that you broke or you go to hell. That's prison. You have to pay for the crime that you broke.
0: You got to pay the fine. Somebody
1: has to pay for the fine. Who paid our
0: fine? Either you or someone. Don't give away the... Oh,
1: I'm just so excited. I love your gospel.
0: (laughs) We need a solution. God commands perfection. You have to be perfect. Can't do it. No one can. So what do you do? Let's talk about... Things that aren't the solution. Psychology is not the solution. Morality. Morality trying to be good, like we just talked about, giving a million dollars in donations to blind children. God will not accept that as perfection. That doesn't work. It's not good enough.
1: No. Jay, here's the one that's probably going to hurt up a few of our listeners. Religion. Ah, oh, religion falls miserably short. That's right. What a disaster. You could try to be the most religious guy in the universe. Yeah, and it's not going to help your help. sin issue.
0: Yep. Walking into a church seven days a week and kneeling in front of a candle and lighting it and praying 4,000 times isn't going to work. That's
1: right. You could give their shirt off your back every day of the week. Yeah. It's not going to pay the fine. That's yep. not what the fine requires. You're in front of the judge just yes, as $10,000. you are like, I have a lollipop. The judge is going to go, no, $10,000. You're like, but I have 10 lollipops. Like, stop it. <laughs> lollipops is not what you need here. So religion- you morality, can,
0: psychology, this world? You can sell everything you own, march across America naked with a sign raising awareness, and it will do absolutely nothing. That's not the fee for the fund. In history, guys would take their shirts off and slash themselves with swords to show God that they're really serious. Look, I'm bleeding. I want penance. Oh, forgive me. But that's not perfection. God demanded absolute 100% perfection. Because it's his law. It's a law. It's what he's the he creators. Yeah, it's what he requires. He has to. Oh, because he's perfect.
1: One more thing that's not going to help your your heart wound, self-help books.
0: What about the book that has the secret to happiness? Nope, not going to happen. What if I read 50 books
1: last year? It's not going to help your broken heart. You can read all the self-help books. You can try to be the most religious man and you may be a I'm going to air quote it because you can't see me guys, a nice guy here on earth. But there's no one
0: good. We just read it. The Apostle Paul, in the book of Romans, he reveals the solution to the heart wound. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, he said, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
1: Oh, yes. Amen, Jay.
0: And then Jesus agreed. He went on. And also in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus agreed what Paul says. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You hear that word, except through me. But what about religion and morality and self-help and psychology? Nope. No one comes to the Father except through me. Exclusive.
1: Before you go on, I'm going to read a little more of that Romans chapter 5 because it's so rich. And it says, but God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall be saved by him from the wrath of God.
0: Yeah. Do you hear that one part you just read? You said, while we were still sinners. That's right. Christ died for us. You were still a sinner. You didn't get it together. The million dollars you gave away to the blind children association. That didn't do it. Nope. It said while you were still a mess, a disaster, he saved you while you were a disaster. You didn't get it together. You didn't get it together. You couldn't get it together. Yep. You have no way of getting it together. Yeah, you had to be pathetic and low and hurt. Total depravity. That thing you didn't ever want to be in life, that's what you were when you were saved. If you became a Christian, if you asked God for forgiveness, that's when you were saved, when you were still a sinner.
1: And if you're not saved, you don't believe in Christ, repent, believe, trust in Him, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you will be saved.
0: You just gave it away. I can't help it, man. I just, I love the gospel so much. (laughs) So Jesus is the only solution to the heart wound. That perfection God requires is the substitute of Jesus. So faith in Jesus doesn't mean that we all of a sudden become perfect. Nope. It's not a wand, and all of a sudden you went from being a guy that's struggling and a mess to a guy that's perfect overnight
1: that's right a-, a-, a christians are not perfect they're not perfect just like i read earlier from Romans chapter seven christians still do what they don't want to do they keep on struggling with it perfection's not going to happen
0: no not here there are still lingering effects of the heart wound when you become a christian that's when you can start cleaning it up now you have the ability to clean it up you have the power and the resources to do it that's right men have a tendency to bore through life with their heads we don't want to use our hearts we try to trick everybody by using our head look i'm smarter i'm faster and i don't have to share anything about myself i can outwit it i don't have a problem what you're talking about is bogus i don't have this heart wound you're talking about
1: or you can even try to hide a little too you can give just enough information to allow people to think that you're being open and honest But you're really still hiding yourself you're still hiding who you are and that goes back to last week the alone one stop trying to be alone you're not an island men we need
0: each other we need help we try to isolate ourselves from others so they don't see but then you suffer from isolation that's the backfires on you you try to hide and protect yourself and you try to be funny and outgoing with other people so they think they know you when you're really just protecting what's the real you inside that you don't want anybody to know And then you end up being lonely and isolated because you have no one to talk to. You fooled everybody. Hey, it worked. But you're just extremely alone and suffering now. No matter
1: how much money you make or how successful you may seem, you you need to connect. You need to open up. Stop fooling people.
0: Yeah, it works, but it hurts. That's right. And men's routine avoidance of self-disclosure is dangerous to their emotional and even physical health. Statistics show that men are less likely to seek help than women, but are three to four times more likely to commit suicide. Holy cow. We're far less likely to ask for help, but we're three to four times more likely to commit suicide. We don't want to
1: ask for help. We don't want to talk to people. We're trying to be the tough guy. Going back to our four faces. We're so busy keeping our warrior face on and not knowing how to put on that king face And letting that king face and warrior face go and know how to put on that friend and lover face. We need to drop that I'm a tough guy all the time. The whole point of a tough guy or a real man isn't to be big and macho and tough all the time.
0: We miss the multidimensional man. And you are more likely to seek help if you have a lover face, a friend face, a king face, and not just a warrior face. You need one. But if that's all you are... You're not a multidimensional man. And so you go through your life struggling with loneliness and the pain of isolation. And
1: you're never going to fully find the abundance of life. You're going to miss some really good moments in life. Yeah. You've been hiding. Hiding from people and being disconnected. Open up. Enjoy life. So life isn't just always fun, but there's emotional and there's fun and then there's hard times, good times. But life is wonderful and great that God has given us. God has given us our toil. He's given us our lot in life. So instead of trying to chase someone else's lot, stop trying to chase someone else's toil and grief. Just enjoy what God has given you now. I think guys miss it because we have these wounds and we don't want to recognize them. And that's what happens. We miss out on life.
0: That's why we're trying to get people to look back and take notice of where the wounds are and to try to heal them. And we're talking about the heart wound, the biggest wound of them all. Is the heart wound. And as we just said, Jesus is the only solution to the heart wound. So, three suggestions for connecting our heart. One, we must recognize and feel feelings.
1: Feeling our feelings is about beginning to take responsibility for the content of our hearts. It requires us to live out how our hearts are made and use our feelings to experience and to add
0: relationships. That's the first step of getting out of isolation. You just said beginning to take responsibility for the content of our heart. Must feel feelings.
1: That goes back to our four pillars. This is accepting responsibility.
0: Do you mean I have to take responsibility for my feelings? You do.
1: You got to full on accept it.
0: That sounds tough.
1: Yeah, it is. There's two extremes
0: that can happen with emotions. One extreme is to disconnect, where you're driven by a desire to control life
1: stop trying to think you can control everything with your head and control everyone around you because you can somehow manipulate people and their emotions.
0: I don't need Jesus. I can do it myself.
1: Drop the pride. So that's one end of the extreme. And the other end is to overindulge your emotions driven by self-love and self-obsession. It's all emotion. Romans chapter 12 says, let your mind think rightly on God. And let the thought of Christ be the driver of life. Let me think rightly on things. And then at the same time, you have emotions. You have feelings. Not to let them drive you, but feel things. Christ cried. Christ felt for the believers. He fed the poor. He had feelings. He had emotions. And so should we. That's all part of being a multidimensional man.
0: All of the world's struggles, a lot of the times we're struggling with depression and anxiety and all these different mental illness struggles is happening because we are led by our feelings. I'm letting my feelings control my thinking. The healthy way to approach is to take control of my feelings by using my thinking. I want to think the right way and then my feelings will follow that thinking. It's usually backwards. That's usually what's happening. I start believing lies about myself, and so I start feeling bad. But if I know and believe and trust who I am in God, I can use my thinking to control my feelings. My feelings are going to follow my thinking. Think rightly on
1: what God has called us to do. We must tell the truth about our heart to those who are trustworthy. This goes back to not being alone. Find a trustworthy man in your spouse. and. Be honest with. Them. I'm saying that you have to tell everybody around you. That would be foolish to be an open book and just pour out your heart and guts to everyone. There's a time and place.
0: Yeah, one or three guys that you trust and can go to regularly, and not just share with them, but share their burden.
1: That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell how you're feeling and what's really going on, and listen. Like that goes both ways.
0: Yeah, let someone look in, man. And that's what we call being transparent. We need to practice transparent communication. To one degree or another, because we all still struggle with the same things. Me and you and everybody else are in the same boat. There
1: is nothing new under the sun, Jay. Nothing. And there's a verse that we love. First Corinthians chapter 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he is willing not to let you be tempted beyond your ability But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So there's a lot there. So really what I think we want to focus on just for this episode in the heart right now is no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man.
0: Nothing's happening in your life. That's not common.
1: That's right. Every man before you and after you will have all the same struggles. We'll struggle with relationships, marriage, work. He's going to sweat. He'll cry, he'll toil over land, he'll want to buy a house, he'll fix it up that house, and then sell that house, and then he'll die, and then on to the next guy.
0: One of the lies that we believe is, uh, no one knows what I'm going through. No one's ever gone through this before. I'm so
1: unique in my troubles.
0: Yeah, no one's ever gone through this before. That's not true. The world has gone through this before. People are in your situation too, and there is a way out. There's a way out of that struggle. That's why the Bible's right again. No temptation is overtaking you that such is common to man. The third, give the truth of your heart to God. So people, share with people and then talk to God.
1: First, be open and honest to God. God already knows your heart. And if you're struggling, God, I'm having a hard time believing you. How could you let my sister die of cancer? Whatever the situation is, right? Be honest, be open. Hard time right now. Give up the burden to God. And then when you give that up to God and then you communicate to that trustworthy person, they can help you think rightly. You're not holding it on the shoulders and holding it so close to your heart that you feel like you're carrying that burden all by yourself. Say it. Get it off your shoulders.
0: That's what King David did in the book of Psalms. He was brutally honest with God. And there's some things in there you're like, wow, I can't believe he said that. But we should say that. God knows already. He already
1: knows your heart. Read most of the Psalms. They're like, God, who are you? You abandoned yeah, us. God, kinda. who are you? And then, like, wait, hold on. Their thought and their thinking comes around. Right, and I go, wait, you are the creator. You did create all things. Yeah. You are good. You feed me every day. You clothe me. You give me shelter. You start to realize that like, God's in control and all that he's given you. And you're like, okay, King David did it.
0: He did it, did it all the time. The Bible's full of that where we come back around and we say, hey, you know what? You are always there.
1: Here's a little suggestion. Try keeping a prayer journal. Yeah. Write out your prayers or your thoughts. I'm angry today for this or that, and then pray through it. Then you can go back and read it and see all the answered prayers that God's done for you. It helps you reorient it. Wait, hold on. I remember praying the same prayer six months ago. And you go back and you look into your prayer. God did. He was there. I remember this time, right? Because a lot of times we don't realize all that God's done for us in our past because we don't dwell on it. God just heals, helps, and provides a way. Sometimes it's not the answer we're wanting. You can think rightly on that and praise God for it.
0: All this is too much to say (laughs) in 30 minutes. We'll summarize the three ways to keep your heart connected here. We want to feel our feelings. As guys, we got to do it. We got to feel your feelings, recognize what's going on there. And number two, tell the truth about your heart to other people. Find someone to talk to or you'll just suffer in isolation, even if you don't think you are. And the third, reveal it to God. Give it to God. Invite Him into your problems and your struggles and uh, allow Him to heal.
1: Amen. We are broken men living in a broken world. John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be... Of good cheer, I have overcome the world that's Christ speaking,
0: even though we live in a broken world, the solution is already there, and the problem's already solved.
1: That's right. Jesus went to that cross, He solved those issues. You yeah. may live eighty years, you may yeah. live a hundred years. That's nothing in comparison to eternity.
0: There's still more to come.
1: We are wired to have community with our Creator
0: and community with others. God did not design life to be lived alone.
1: That's right. And for our heart wound to be healed, we need to live in community with others, but ultimately and most importantly, in community with our creator. And religion's not going to save you. Showing up to church every Sunday is not going to save you. God commands us to be in community with others. And the way we're going to be in community with others is to be in a body of believers. But understand, just showing up's not saving you. That body of believers is there to worship God, to help you with your walk with Christ. But it's that personal relationship that you have with Christ is ultimately how you're going to grow and get over these heart wounds.
0: You got to turn from yourself and your work and you got to turn to God.
1: Find a church. Be involved with that body of believers. Be in communion with them. Grow with them. And that's how you're going to heal these wounds.
0: Jay, time flew by. That wraps up their first series of season two. We'll attack a couple of things that were in this episode today. Beginning next week. All right. Love you, brother. See you then.